Good morning and welcome to Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along today on this Tuesday morning. It's going to be a good day. It's got a good, good message for us today, an important message. We are looking at the prayers of Paul, and the prayers of Paul help us know what we as Christians ought to be aiming for. These are the things Paul was praying would be developed into the lives of believers. And it's not just good for the Ephesians, Colossians, or Thessalonians. It's good for us. These are things that we should be praying for, for ourselves and for those that we love and care about, other believers. And we can pray some of these for unbelievers, of course, as well. And I might say, I rarely hear these things prayed for. I've been to many, many, many a prayer meeting. And you can go through a whole prayer meeting and never hear anyone pray, for instance, like we talked about yesterday, that we would know the surpassing greatness of God's power that is available to us, that's, uh, that's given to us, that actually even lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, today we want to continue in Ephesians chapter 1 and talk about such an important prayer request for every one of us. And we find it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Are you ready? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. I'd like to talk about that today, the hope of God's calling in our life. You know, a lot of people have no hope. A lot of people have no hope. We read in Ephesians that people without God are really, it says that in Ephesians 2, they are without hope, and they are without God. Hope is a confident expectation of my future. Hope is an assurance of what lies ahead. Hope is a belief that better, something better lies ahead. In our country now, there's, there's an epidemic of suicide, particularly among, among young people. And it's been worsened during the pandemic, but it was already bad beforehand. An epidemic of suicide. Why do people commit suicide? They lack hope. They lack any, any belief that tomorrow can be better than today or there's any chance that their life can be better. They might have their hope in friendship, their hope in, in money, their hope in success, their hope in their grades, their hope in a marriage or in a relationship. And, what looks, and when it looks like all is lost and they lose hope, some people call it quits. They end their life. And so people need hope to go on. We need hope. You and I have a hope in the calling that God has put upon our lives. Now, I want to look at that a little bit today. And by the way, we're not going to talk here today, as we did a couple months ago, about a specific calling where maybe God has called, like me, to be a preacher. Or God may call you to be a teacher or a, or a businessman or God's calling on you might be a mother or a father. And these are callings that might be unique or specific that don't relate to all of us. Today, we want to focus on what God has called all of us Christians, the calling that is upon our life. And we get a clue about that later on right here in chapter 1, because he goes on to say in verse 19, he's again, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is hope his calling. And then he adds two other things the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the surpassing greatness of his power 
towards us who believe. And then he says, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And he talks about the great power of God in having raised Jesus from the dead, seated him in the heavenly places, far above every name that's named, a place of authority, above all power, authority, above all principalities, above every spiritual and earthly power. And that Jesus is seated there in this place. And it says these, not just the, remember there were three things he prayed for us here, that we would know the hope of our calling, the riches of his glory and the inheritance in the saints, and the, the surpassing greatness of God's power towards us who believe. These, what, these three are in accordance with the victory of Christ. Not just the last one, not just the power of God that raised him from the dead, but all of these, these three requests are related to understanding the victory, the resurrection, and the exalted place of Jesus Christ. He's seated in power and authority and glory today. Look then in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse it, chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3 talk about our lost condition. But verse 4, God being rich in mercy because of his great mercy, love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. My friends, this is our future. This is what we are called to experience. God has called you far to far, far more than just having your sins forgiven or even being reconciled to God or even going to heaven. He's called you and me to be seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus is in a place of glory. Jesus is in, a, is in a place of authority and power and dominion. And he has called us and seated us with him in this place. The, the victory that Jesus has, the power demonstrated in his resurrection and exaltation, you and I are called to share in this. What an awesome, awesome thing. Turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 8. And we'll see how, again, this idea of the calling and what it leads us to. Romans 8, a common verse, verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Again, this is the general calling of God to all believers. What is the purpose of God? He explains in verse 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that we would be so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren and those whom he predestined he also called there we go and those whom he called he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorified brothers and sisters our calling is indeed to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and this looks like justified and then glorified, justified, being declared righteous by God, our sins forgiven and removed, but that's not the end. Our calling is to more than a mere salvation. As awesome as that is, our calling is that we will be glorified with Jesus Christ. 
What an amazing calling. This is, it's so amazing, Paul had to say, I pray that God would open your eyes to understand it. I sometimes fear, I, I definitely feel incredibly inadequate right now to help explain what this really looks like. It's beyond description. Peter talked about the same thing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, where, the, of course, the book of 1 Peter is about suffering and glory. The more you suffer, the more glory. And it was written to people who were being persecuted, and he's reminding them of our glorious future when Jesus returns. Chapter 5, verse 10, And after you have suffered for a while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. There it is. That's your calling. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How do you, how do you describe that? That after we have suffered for a while, God, who has called us to his eternal glory in Christ, where's Christ? He's seated above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. He's been given a name above every name. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 tells us that when Christ, or verse 4, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, that when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, we will be revealed with him in glory. There it is again, brothers and sisters. I mean, this is, God has got to open our eyes to understand what an amazing thing this is. Now, I would contend that our calling in life ought to direct the way we live our life. I mentioned in my email last night, and if you don't get it, go to Tom the Preacher and sign up for my daily email where sometimes I write about some of the things I talk about here and give some of the verses, and, and they work the hand in hand together. But I wrote about watching a movie that we'd seen years and years ago, and Roz and I ran, watched it again the other night, October Sky. And when he saw uh, Homer Hickam, when he lived in that coal town and wasn't, there wasn't much education, there wasn't much of a future, no one there went to college unless they played football, but when he saw Sputnik go across that sky, he announced, I'm going to build a rocket. And he, and he felt, shall we say, that's what his life was about. And indeed, he faced obstacles and opposition and setbacks, but he didn't let anything stop him in his pursuit. That was his calling in life, he would say. And indeed, by the end of the movie, we realized he grew up and helped build a space shuttle. What an what a inspiring story. My brothers and sisters, you and I are called to do more than build a space shuttle. God is building the image of Christ in us. We're going to make it more to outer space. We're going to make it to heaven. And God is doing that in us. What an awesome, awesome thing that God is doing in you and in me. And so what are we to do in light of that? We're to walk worthy of that calling. Ephesians 4 verse 1, I urge you, he says, to walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called. In all humility, in gentleness, kindness, we are to be expressing and exhibiting the very life of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul writes, and he, and he, and he says, Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, what were they encouraging to? So that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. 
there it is again. You're called to spiritual royalty. You're a child of the king. You're to reign with Christ. We're to walk worthy of this calling. You know, when the, you know, when one of the royals and the, you know, the British royal family acts up, misbehaves, embarrasses the family. It's a scandal. They're royalty. They have a reputation to live up to. They have a calling to live up to. They're, they're people who are to, they're not meant to be common. They're meant to be royalty. And you are as well. You're the son of God. You're a child of God. 1 John 3, 1, see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. That's who we are. We're to walk worthy of that. We're told over and again, Colossians 1.10 is another where he says, I pray for you that you'll walk worthy of our God to please him in all respects. Brothers and sisters, today I pray that God will open our eyes and enlighten us to our future. What a hope we have before us. Our, our hope, God may give us earthly wonders and great things there on earth, but one thing we know is promised is eternal glory. Eternal glory. The God who called, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Here on earth, he's perfecting, confirming, strengthening, and establishing us. He's preparing us. He's preparing us for those days where we will reign with Jesus in glory forever and ever. Father in heaven, we feel so unworthy. You are such a gracious God. You've given us so much more than we deserve already. And you've promised us what is sim really, it's just out of this world. It's just, we, we, we need you to open our eyes and to enlighten us, to understand. Because Lord, it's almost hard to believe. You've called us to reign with you. You said if we're faithful, we'll reign with you. You've called us to share in the glory of Christ. You've called us to eternal glory. This is our calling, not only justification, but glorification. Father, we're humbled. We're undeserving. But we are grateful and thankful. And I pray, Father, as we consider your grace and your kindness and your mercy towards us, I pray that you would help us to remember and live each day in light of this calling. I think of how Homer Hickam lived each day wanting to build a rocket. And Lord, you, you call us to different things that compel us to live a certain way in life. But this is a calling on all of us. And I pray, Father, we wouldn't let this be a back burner issue. We wouldn't let this be something that we only occasionally think about. I pray that we would know the hope of our calling and we would live worthy of it every day. Every day. We'd remember, we'd remember what you've done for us. We'd remember the cross. We'd remember the cost of what you paid so that we would not go to hell, but instead would reign with you forever and ever. And as you're preparing us now, when suffering comes our way or trials come our way or difficulties, Lord, this is just training time for the reigning time. Help us to remember that. You're training us for a great task ahead for great glory ahead. Help us never forget and to live this day preparing to be all that you've given us in Christ. We love you. We're grateful. We're humbled. We're thankful. 
We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Isn't the word of God just awesome? I, I hope you come and join us every day. I hope you are inspired, encouraged, built up. The word of God is powerful, and we need it. We need to be reminded. We need to be inspired. We need to be encouraged. That's why we come here every day. And I'm here every day. Be back tomorrow morning live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Or you can catch and watch the video later in the day if that works better in your schedule. Or you can even listen to the download and listen to the podcast while you're in the car or working out or whatever you want to do. And on the Apple, Spotify, and Google platforms, you just search Tom the Preacher and you'll find it. But we're here every day because we believe there's value in being in the Word of God every day. We're not once a week Christians. We're everyday Christians. God sees you're here, and I believe God will reward you, and God will build his word into you. So until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you and strengthen you and fill you with his power and strength, and might you know the hope of his calling in your life. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <music>